to Quia Maca Conversations. My name is Michelle, and I am here interviewing the Reverend Timothy Piles. Uh, Tim hosts 91X Loudspeaker, as well as other shows. He books concerts at San Diego's beloved rock venue, The Casbah, and most importantly, is described as the unofficial mayor of local music. Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. But people believe it after 20 years. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You read my, uh, my Twitter handle. I did, yeah. yeah. Well, technically, I am a reverend uh, in the Universal Life Church. Oh, you are? Yeah. I was going to ask if you're ordained in any way uh, or I've, not. I've, uh, I've over officiated over three weddings. Excellent. So far, yes. All, all no rock and rollers. No divorces or funerals. Uh, mostly music people, yes. Uh, I want to start off with some history which is, how did you get interested in radio? And this can go all the way back to childhood, if you want. Um, but I'm just wondering, you grew up in La Jolla, correct? Yep. Okay. Since I was age four, born in Minnesota. But my, did, my family did finally end up in, uh, in La Jolla, nice place. And radio was such a, a friend. You know, I, I loved radio um, every night probably listening to it. And, you know, there was much more of a connection to it. Back then, uh, we've kind of lost that, but uh, obviously people still listen, thankfully, but it's not like that, and man, I mean, locally, B100 was a fun station. I remember winning tickets to the, <laughs> the premiere of Star Wars uh, back then when I was probably 10, 11 years old, um, but really, somebody like Dr. Demento, that's probably oh, yeah. one of my favorite things uh, that really inspired me into that whole experience of what radio can offer. Um, and listening to Dr. Demento religiously when I was, was younger. I used to tape his shows off the radio. It's true how something so like seemingly novelty has changed so many people's lives over time. I remember a lot of kids in my school uh, obsessively listening to the Dr. Demento show and waiting to press record, you know, waiting in, with, you know, yeah. intent yep. to record Weird Al and other people. Sure. Yeah. That was my introduction to Weird Al. Another one rides the bus. Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. The, with the armpit sounds oh, yeah. fully intact. But uh, he's still out there, and I probably don't listen to his shows, but recently he put out an amazing compilation that I've enjoyed listening to with a bunch of the songs that he's currently playing. Have you gotten to see Weird Al live? You know, that is one of the weirdest things in my entire life of the fact that that is something I love so much. I have never seen Weird Al live. Yeah, I've heard he puts on a really great yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, that he, you know, he comes out in multiple costumes throughout yeah. the entire thing, and... It's just, a whole lot of weird. fun. Just haven't. It's one of the weirdest ones I've missed. And I've seen everything, almost everything, thankfully. Thankfully. What's, what's your uh, most recent impression, your live music impression? I saw The Locust last night, which was amazing, and 30 minutes of just sonic blast. Amazing. And then I, I went to the Casbah to see uh, this amazing band from Canada. It's like... The Beatles, uh, Not a Surf, um, everything in between. This just great pop rock band called Sloan, and they're just amazing. They, it was an evening with Sloan, and they're they're huge in Canada, but they're one of those bands that's been around since the '90s, but they've just never had a break in in America. You know, like never a big hit. So no openers, no nothing, just an evening with Sloan. Yep. Wow. So how long did they play? They did two sets. So I missed the first set because I was not going to miss. The Locusts, or The Creepy Creeps, or Silent. That was a good show. All ages at the Music Box. So going back to our uh, initial question about your history, um, do you consider yourself an extrovert? Yes and no. 
Yes and no. So did that develop over time that you were just able to be super comfortable on the air and super comfortable kind of being this local? I've always been a little bit of a spaz. Maybe that's the best way to describe it. And that didn't work out so well for me, maybe when I was younger. Um, but I, I, I got involved in the high school radio station at La Jolla High. When I went to college out of high school, I went to this university in Thousand Oaks and they had a college radio station, it was just exactly like 91X basically. So I was on that station for a year, came back to San Diego, didn't, didn't go, you know, didn't return to the university, ended up going to City College, took all the media classes, took everything. I got film video associate's degrees, I have radio and television associate degrees. I never worked at their jazz station, uh, but I did everything there. Um, but then I worked for law firms I did construction, and I, I did probably eight years within uh, working a law firm. Thought that was, you know, had a shirt and tie finally, whatever. I wasn't a paralegal or anything. It would be installing computers, answering phones. But that, something happened. I was done, and at probably age 29, 30, I became an intern uh, at 91X. This was back when the deregula uh, deregulation was happening that Bill Clinton created, and so that's where we have now all these big radio conglomerates. And so what happened was, is it was JCOR. It was right before then they sold to Clear Channel, but they had, JCOR had 10 radio stations in San Diego, all in different buildings. So I was kind of interning, but this was my opening to getting on the payroll. So I became Tim the Runner for probably a year I did that. Um, but I had then my key card. So you have a key card. You can get in the building whenever you want. Nobody's going to stop you. I got my key card. I can get into the studios when nobody's using them. Um, the big thing was then, I just started showing up to loudspeaker, um, which was on at midnight back then on Monday nights. And so I knew I was probably never going to get a shot uh, with like a shift. That was kind of my in. And I was a local dude and new bands. And so the guys that were doing the show were kind of, they weren't really that involved. They were, but I just kind of kept showing up, showing up, showing up. And next thing you know, I was kind of <laughs> helming the ship. Then I was doing a new music show, and then like weekend overnights. Now, I'm almost still kind of the same place. I do a local show, a new music show, but now I'm on wonderfully like midnight to 5 a.m., like five days a week. It's a great shift. Thankfully, I'm not there live. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> They're all calling in, trying to talk to you and stuff. At one point, you were at a different station, right? You were like at 92.5 or something like that? Started at no? 91X. <laughs> Okay. I, I worked so hard there. One of the coolest gigs I got um, was I was an engineer for live remotes. So that was a fun experience because I wouldn't just work with 91X then. I was working with Z90, 933, Rock 105, everybody. I mean, that experience was cool just being a, a fan of pop culture. I mean, meeting Miley Cyrus or Sharon Osbourne, like all the dumb stuff too that comes with some of those other stations or the rock artists or the hip hop artists. So that was a fun time. Um, but that was part of my downfall. I actually um, had a minor accident. My car was uh, basically totaled. I was utilizing, I had this access to a, a car at work. I was using it then to, as my personal vehicle. And let's just say I got a DUI in that car, dumb. And uh, I was out of my radio gig and thought that was the end of all of it for me. But thankfully, uh, Mike Halloran and my current boss, Garrett Michaels, they were at, um, and I'd never worked with those guys, uh, but they were at the newly formed um, 94.9 that had been around. And so I got hired over there, and I was there almost 10 years. 94.9, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. So I was there almost 10 years. But like radio stations happen, they hired that 
dumbass Mikey to be the morning show, which was like a big morning, but like he just did not belong there. And they fired Halloran, and you know, as, as happens, a new general manager. So, and then Halloran was now in charge at 91X. So, I'm like, I'm done with this place. I don't have a contract. Um, I'm kind of a freelancer in a way. So, I was able to, this December, it'll be five years, be back at 91X, which I don't have a tattoo with them, but that's a station. I was a kid in high school in 10th grade. And you don't know what it was like at that moment when that station hit the marketplace and everything was, you know, no offense, I love that stuff too, but, you know, Rolling Stones, it was the, it was still classic rock. Even back then it was called classic rock, which is weird, but, you know, when all that new music started hearing B-52s and Devo and Pet Shop Boys and The Cure, it was like, it was quite a, a, mo a moment in time in San Diego because it was such a lifestyle that just spread throughout the, the whole county, which was really cool, you know, because everybody listened. And while we're on that subject, I did get some outside sources for questions, just asking people, you know, what do you want, want Tim Piles to answer? And one of the questions was, what time was the best time for music history in San Diego? Can you pinpoint that moment where you were just like, it's popping off, things are going? Well, it was probably even a little bit before my time when my co-host was really involved in the music scene and they, they talk about it. We were supposed to be the next big thing after the grunge movement, so that would have been the mid to later 90s. And, you know, the, the big bands you get out of that moment are really Rocket from the Crypt and Drive Like Jehu, and those are both John Reese bands. And Rocket from the Crypt continued to be a band where Drive Like Jehu, you know, basically hibernated until just a few years ago. And it was such a big deal because they were so influential on many bands. Uh, and they got to play Coachella and all those things. But you, yeah, you'd have to say the, definitely the 90s and, and that era from then and then even you know something like the Locust coming around in the, in the later 90s. It's been so different through the 2000s and, and I mean, just where we are today. That was the, and everything was best last in the 90s. That was the last best decade when you had more of a communal spirit about the, the music and you know everybody has so many things to listen to now that we all have different tastes and there's many ways to listen to that you know we're not all driven by that one the one radio station or you know all of that yeah I've been going backwards in uh, in San Diego music history you know being a being a transplant and coming here a little bit late on sure and looking at some of these 90s bands that I missed you know that will never resurface like Boilermaker and Lucy's Fur Coat and bands like that that had like a lot of sway and a lot yeah. of push and I really wish that I could have seen that happen and all the 3-1-G stuff of course. Sure Lucy's Fur Coat might play again. I mean Swing Kids have done some stuff Justin's old band uh, from 3-1-G just kind of depends. I heard I heard an old band that had a big hit in the 80s uh, that's on a lot of compilations might be playing again under uh, they're called the Monroe's and they had a big hit. You um, heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but like, I go back to uh, Angel Baby from Rosie and the Originals. You know, that's a, one of the first hits to ever come out of San Diego. And I think you can't deny that we're the home base of, of Tom Waits. Uh, at one point, <laughs> not anymore. Until he I moved to Santa Rosa. Until he doesn't really want to visit, but he does go. He's he has visited, and he goes and visits a, a place he used to work called Napoleon's Pizza that still exists and it's kind of a fun pizza joint because it's like stepping back in time. So if you want to meet Tom Waits, go apply at Napoleon's yeah, Pizza, yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the, the, the father just retired but the son is still running it and 
Tom Waits is on the jukebox and there's songs written about the place. Um, so let's, let's talk about radio a little bit more. Obviously, the landscape has changed throughout the years, um, like from when you started and what it is now. What uh, has changed specifically about radio that you've noticed throughout the years? And what do you think, where, where is it going? What's the future of radio? The weirdest thing I remember is when my friends were working for Slacker. That's before we had all of our smartphones and Slackers like Pandora or any of the streaming services based here in San Diego. But they, if you signed up for their service, you got not a phone, but you got this thing. And it was like a streaming thing, you know, and you could stream music, you take it with you. I mean, it's like where we, but I didn't, I didn't even understand what was going on with that. I was like, who's going to do, you, like, really? Okay, but obviously when it was able to be integrated into our phones and, you know, that's the big game changer uh, for people's listening habits and what they listen to. Um, but radio, you know, it's like anything. It's still kind of a place for the the lazy people that music isn't there, you know, like you and I are driven by music so much, but there's plenty of people that just get in the car and it's the easiest thing to do and they have a favorite station and they listen. And those are the people that aren't, looking at the blogs and that but that's the final point for something to become mega these whatever band it is but we all know maybe we've heard that song a year ago because we're on top of it but there's still a bunch of people out there that you know they're not and they're they've got lives we're, they're not driven by music like us but they may listen to 91 because they want to be exposed to new music yeah and just like referring back to pandora it's sort of a station that is you know, there's uh, there's an algorithm and it's tailored specifically towards your taste and your needs. But if you're looking for something unexpected, if you're looking for something that kind of throws you off your center of balance, you can turn to uh, especially your local music station yeah. to um, to kind of shake things up a bit. And yeah. we don't always have to live in a, a, a place of comfortability when it comes to uh, music. You know, it's important that we that we step outside of our boundaries, sure. right? So there is still value in radio, but when radio becomes something like a Pandora station where it's just playing whatever you think everybody wants to hear, then it loses its value, right? It loses its, its personality. I wish they would get some of that back. They realize that people, I mean, drive time's the most important times when people are going to work and coming home. They also realize people are only listening for 20 minute blocks and that's it. And they got to get them in those 20 minutes. And so that's why, you know, on pop stations, you hear the same songs every hour almost. But even ours, you know, it's still repetitive. If you're a person listening all day, you, you know, you hear some of the same stuff. But there's more. They finally got it, and they're, they're offering a little more flavor because the way I look at it, it's like if you're a radio station marketing yourself to 18 to 34-year-olds, I'm like, they're not listening to the radio anymore. Like, that age group, it, I mean, what are you doing? Like the station, you should be playing much more of the heritage stuff, the Ramones, the Cure, um, Jane's Addiction, whatever, some of the stuff that people might remember that provide a, a nice balance of, yeah, play that some new music, but also carry on some of that heritage because now, you know, it's more of like a 25 to 54 age group that's listening because, you know, what 18-year-old is listening to the radio, really? Yeah, that's all about well, like what's hot and new and stuff like that. And yeah, the, the older generations that are still listening to the radio who maybe haven't figured out like the technology, they still deserve to hear the songs that they want to hear, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's just something that station should always have reflected is 
there's just too many great songs, and this new stuff is boring the hell out of me. What about podcasts? Any, any favorite podcasts coming out of San Diego in particular? Only the ones that invite me to be on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I, don't li- I got too much music to listen. Music is what drives me. I don't, totally. li- I don't listen to any podcasts. Well, you do have people like, you know, Jamie Josta from Hatebreed. He has this podcast, but then he does these countdowns, you know. So it'll be like 100 best thrash albums or, you know, best hardcore albums or whatever. And so he'll go through and introduce these people to music that's not his own. Right. You know. I love uh, Danko Jones out of Canada. He's this amazing rock and roll artist. But he has a podcast about Three's Company. Oh, really? I love that show. Yeah. I haven't listened to that either, but I just thought. Three's Company? Okay. That's a niche, you know, because yeah. not only does it have to be really, like, fans of the band that would find that, yeah. but then they have to be also Three's Company enthusiasts. Yes. Yeah. If anything, I probably could do a local podcast, like some kind of local music-based podcast, but, uh, yeah, just haven't done that personally. I have a radio show. Listen to it. No, sorry. <laughs> I know you can't take it with you. I've but... never heard it before. <laughs> never heard of it. I love the ID you guys did for me. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad we got to do it. It was a very, yeah. So for listeners who don't know uh, what it is, uh, when my band went on, uh, we did one of those, hey, we're blank, and you're listening to 91X. Um, and we pushed really hard to do that. Yes, you did. It's sort of the, the history of radio that I listened to. There were always those bands that got to do that, and I was always I love envious. my IDs that I have, you know. I got one from Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age. I think I love that one the most. And that's one of your top bands, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 There's always new ones. You want to hear my favorite right now? Yeah. Have you heard of Idols? I have heard of Idols. Did you go? They were at the observatory yeah, recently? Yeah. yeah. I've seen them twice in the last year and did a session with them on that first stop. Um, that first stop was great. They had this band, Fontaine's DC from Dublin. That's really cool. Very kind of post punk. Well, Idols sounding. are also from Europe uh, somewhere, right? UK, but British band. Yeah. Okay. They're the most, my friend coined it, they're probably the most woke band out there um, in how they are just open and accepting and kind of how they represent themselves and what the guy says on stage. And it's really interesting, you know. It's, you can see it happening, like the way people are embracing the band and it, it seems to be growing exponentially just even since their last time in San Diego. And they're not on the radio. I mean, I feel like the music scene is very like starved for that sort of like connection as well. It's like very difficult to find bands that embrace their audience anymore, at least in like the rock spectrum. Sure. I just went and saw Matt and Kim the other night and that band is, is mind blowingly fun every time I see them. And that's just a whole nother avenue of like a band embracing their audience and, and, the way they make them feel. It's like a birthday party every time. It's like a Flaming Lips show. It's, it's like mind-blowingly fun. And that girl that girl plays, she has a torn ACL. She's got a brace on. And I got to see her after the show, and she had, immediately after the show backstage, she had these compression bag things on her legs that she had to then sit there for 30 minutes. They were like, you know, to have her legs stretched out and some kind of uh, medical thing after, you know, doing that. But I was like, well, damn. That's the commitment that we need in rock and roll these days. It's lost. All right. So I know we're here in a music room, and this is supposed to be about music and everything, but I'm just going to go ahead and be selfish and ask about your dogs. Sure. Tell me about your dogs. You have five. (laughs) Five dogs? Five dogs. 
So I love dachshunds. I had dachshunds as a kid and then didn't have them for many years, had other dogs. But yes, I have five dogs, two pugs, two wiener dogs, and a chihuahua that we kind of rescued from the neighborhood, found the owners, but we just, it wasn't, they weren't really attached to the dog and, and they weren't really taking care of the dog, let's just say that. So yeah, we got a posse of five and that's our, that's our crew and we got a back, they don't go anywhere, they got a nice big backyard and that's, that's, they're their own posse, so they're fun, yeah. We all get along for the most part. Do you ever think about uh, like integrating your passion for animals with your passion for music, maybe doing some benefit shows for a local shelter or something like that? Pigs? Can we do it for pigs? I mean, if you want to do it for Grays and Pig Acres, I'm 100% on board. <laughs> um, you know, I always thought about that, like just even, you know, helping out something like the Humane Society and doing something for uh, some of the pets that are animals that need adopting there. Um, yeah, you might inspire me right now. I'm going to inspire you right now, and hopefully within the next couple of years, I'll see you moving forward on, yeah. on helping animals with your connections, because I really think you do have a lot uh, to offer as far as that goes. And, you know, you have a lot of people in, like, rock music, like Blasco, who, you know, plays with Ozzy. Like, he just won an award for his work with cats. Nice. You know, you, you do have people... Uh, you know, integrating themselves into the animal rescue world yeah. with, with their sway. Um, but I don't think you see it as much as maybe as possible, you know? I want to help pigs because I feel guilty about all the bacon I eat. <laughs> Sorry. Well, kidding. To be, fair, to be fair, to be fair, like the... And we're going way off topic here, and I apologize. But uh, the, the potbelly pig issue is, is more similar to... Um, the issues that we encounter with like dogs and cats because um, people are, are breeding them, they're selling them to people, they're super cute when they're young and then they give them away. Yeah. And so it's becoming a, a pet overpopulation issue. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a different issue, but I look forward to um, letting you meet the pigs. Thank you. All right, so I've got some not so rapid fire questions. You can answer these as quickly or as okay. uh, in detail as you'd like to. Um, best venue in town, and it's okay not to say the Casbah. It is the Casbah. It is the Casbah. <laughs> of course. Oh, no. Okay, well. A second best? Um, I love the Belly Up. Belly Up. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Right there. I like independently owned venues. So, you know, all the, the good ones. Soda Bar, Space. Um, I mean, Observatory is nice, but uh, now they're a Live Nation venue. It's true. Yeah, they got bought out yeah. recently. So and different. what's your qualm with that? Can I start drama? No, it's just different corporate. It's just yeah. different. I, I actually really like the booking that the previous owners were doing that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. I enjoyed that. I mean, there was some backlash because of some of the hip-hop shows, and there, there was a couple incidents and one in particular, but um, I really enjoyed what they were doing, you know. So did I, they switch bookers in the in the changing of hands? They just that? sold it. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's all... Live Nation, I think all the observatories are now. Do you, are you into sports at all? I was. You were. What was your, uh, what was your sport? Um, I mean, as a kid, I played sports, but I really enjoyed uh, football until this team left our town and uh, had a gotcha. very sour taste in my mouth, and I have no love for them. And I was really, really, which is so weird to say, but really happy the Raiders beat them. I don't watch it. I, I can't. I, I'll watch other teams play, but I can't watch the Chargers anymore. And it really pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. So I've noticed that um, 
in some like subgenres of rock, there are these like adjacent things. So like I've noticed that punk rock is very uh, wrestling adjacent. You know, sure. like like it appeals to the same level of excitement and kind of like. Uh, like a certain laid back mindset that just uh, kind of allows things to like go with the flow. Okay. Um, what uh, subgenre of rock do you think is most adjacent with football? <laughs> Probably music I don't like, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a new metal, Slipknot, yeah. something like that, you think? Yeah, I actually don't mind Slipknot, but yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, Three Days Grace or it's like, it's like dumb stuff that Roger Goodell stuff would probably Stuff that's never approve. on <laughs> the Super Bowl halftime show, yeah. right? That, that, I'm looking forward to J-Lo and Shakira. Come on now. Yeah, but they, they'll <laughs> when they choose a rock band, they choose something like Coldplay. And you think yeah. about the general like NFL mindset yeah. and you don't really think about... It's jock rock, you know? Yeah. I'm not into jock rock. Although my friend just started a new band and I love it. It's called Goth Jock. And he sent me a shirt. I just don't feel very comfortable wearing it. I'm a little chubby, I guess, but, <laughs> but it says goth jock on it. I thought that was hilarious. What do you think about the triumphant return this weekend at the Bancroft of Coda Reactor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they're missing an amazing drummer, and that's a sad backstory to the band because he is a hot mess, but he's a pretty kick-ass drummer, and... and that's where my friendship with the band actually begins. But that front man, Miles, is legit. And he has a little bit of a Danzig thing going too, but um, that's not good or bad, I'll just say. He's, he, they're pretty awesome, like just that kind of punk rock and roll thing. But he's got a little bit, even Jim Morrison, it's weird. I really, you know, I really enjoy that band. I just have not been to the Bancroft yet. Actually, surprisingly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that surprises me. I know. Me. I just love the Casbah too much. I promote. I promote. I've promoted shows there plenty of times. I yeah. Mean, you know, by playing them on, you know, whether you play there, whatever band. Yeah, it's honestly for an East County venue. They have a great sound system. They have a great stage. Um, the backdrop of the stage is surprisingly not tacky. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, actually, they they bring some cool bands through there. Yeah. Um, I hate God recently played there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's a needed thing, you know. It probably deserves a little bit more love. All right. Tell our listeners how we can find you. Tell us your social media, uh, when you're on the air, all that good stuff. Loudspeaker, Sunday night, 7 to 10. Later that night at 11 p.m. is uh, the FTW New Music Show. If you watch San Diego after Saturday Night Live on NBC, sometimes I'm on there. Not always. But uh, I get to interview bands for that all the time. Recently interviewed uh, the Jacks, band from Los Angeles. Um, I help book shows at the Casbah. Could be any given night. I also host every Tuesday at the Moreau in uh, Hillcrest with local and sometimes touring bands. Kind of feels like a similar vibe to, well, actually not so similar, but um, the Bancroft and Marrow feel like they're in the same world sometimes where they don't get enough love. Um, and Murrow's right in the center of the city, but I think they're, they just do so many different things. You know, they do drag queen nights and bear nights, so you, you just don't know what you're getting into there, which is awesome. I, it's probably the most uh, chameleon-like club in town. Um, so that's really fun. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. If you need a show, 
if you're a local band, hit me up. Oh, the local pile. That's the best. Instagram and Twitter, the local pile. My last name is Piles, but leave the S off. It is P Y L E. Awesome. Thanks yeah. so much. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Let's go meet some pigs. Yay. <laughs>